0: Do you ever feel like you're trying to get your team motivated, inspired, and engaged to meet and also reach your personal goals or the KPIs of your organization? Staying well while also advancing in your career and maybe even enjoying life? Are you constantly searching for simple, easy to apply, and practical techniques to inspire, motivate yourself and your team? But no matter what you do, despite wanting to lead and perform with intention, your habits just take over? So come on. Let's get you feeling limitless. Pause, reflect, and learn from hand picked subject matter experts that are thought leaders in their field. Let's explore practical tools to make you and your teams feel limitless. At the Whiteboard. Hello, and welcome to At the Whiteboard. I am your host and I am joined today by a new friend, a classmate, a colleague, um, Elizabeth Stiles, founder of the Fashion Brand Clinic. Hello, Uh, thanks for having me. Hello, and as you can tell by her absolutely luxuriant accent, uh, she is from the UK. Where are you joining us from in the UK today?
1: I am about an hour north of London so not too far uh, from London quite far from you
0: (laughs) I love it, but we could listen to this. We could listen to this accent all day long, but let's talk a little bit about Elizabeth and then start to pick her brain and learn about what she does and this kind of connection to leadership and how we can kind of impact leaders, either uh, entrepreneurs trying to grow and scale their business uh, leaders that might be in that sales field. So we'll talk about it. Elizabeth hosts a community of like-minded creatives uh, to focus on their manufacturing, marketing, and mindset. And there's a sprinkle of manifestation and money chat in there too. Oh, I love that stuff. We should definitely talk about that too. Yes. She does one-on-one work, group coaching, and online courses that support the creative community to become financially independent. And two of her courses are specifically about visibility online. And I love this. I love this phrase because it is always in my mind. Selling without feeling sleazy.
1: Yes, it's so true. Like you always have those horrible movie style images of salespeople, but they're not always, they're not the only people out there.
0: I love that. And so her coaching and advice and mindset work helps creatives become more visible online and sell themselves without selling their soul, which is, I I think we're all aiming for this, Elizabeth. This is a needed, needed space. Yes.
1: Um, I think everyone thinks that they hate selling, but I am a believer that you can learn to love it. It's not like you're a born salesperson or you're not like, you can definitely learn it at a later age as well.
0: I love that. I love that. And so you, one of your kind of themes of uh, learning is about people knowing the face behind the business. And so if we're going to, you know, sharpen in on this entrepreneurial space, um, what does that mean? Why is it so important for people to know the face behind the business?
1: Yeah, it's funny really, because when I work with, Businesses, they always think it will look unprofessional if they put the face to a business. But I think, well, what are some of the biggest businesses in the world is we've got Virgin with Richard Branson. We've got Apple with Steve Jobs. We've got Amazon with Jeff Bezos. You know, we've um, I mean, I've just lift, listed three men there, but um, there's a, there's just three examples of huge multi-billion-dollar businesses that have a face to the brand and that is like by no coincidence there is definitely a reason why they have done that is because it might be that their audience sees themselves in that person or they're inspired by that person or just the fact that it is a person rather than a faceless corporation that especially in today's day and age and there is so much I don't know, just busyness with TikTok and Pinterest and Instagram and um, all of the things LinkedIn, that you need to be able to stand out from the crowd. And the easiest why well, I say it, it sounds a bit cheesy, but like your USP as the clues in the name is there is a big you at the beginning saying like that is your USP is your unique combination of why you wanted to start the brand your experience your personality your sense of humor like your skill set all of it's like if you put all of those things into a cauldron and you mixed it all up nobody would ever have that same recipe as you so why not monetize it in a way i
0: guess very cool (laughs) And so, this is a really interesting topic for me because I remember many years ago, uh, Whiteboard going to kind of redo a website, um, and it had previously been very corporate, you know, very cold and kind of really about what we did, who we did it for. Da 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 da. And this particular marketing firm said, "No, you know what, Nicole? Like, you're the face of your brand." you are the person people are hiring to deliver the training. And she's like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to say this delicately. She said, it's not because the training you're delivering is fundamentally completely unique and different from anything else. She goes, but you are, you are interesting and your experience is interesting. And she goes, actually, you know, people are, people are coming back to you because of you. And that was a huge shift in our website. Um, and now it's kind of splashed all over the place with me. I get kind of a little bit
1: embarrassed (laughs) because
0: it's just like so many photos of me. Uh, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, definitely. There's like, why would you not
0: put you on
1: there? Because nothing is new really, like they said, and Pretty much everything in my courses is is you you could probably find it on a mix of YouTube and a podcast and a book. But it's the way you like package it up and deliver it is what makes it so interesting to people. And if they already like your style and they respect your experience, they don't want to go and get it off of YouTube. They want to hear it from you so it feels a bit uncomfortable I think to to um not detach yourself from the business um and think oh surely people just want to know the training and really play it down and be really humble and I remember it I think it was during lockdown and I was working with a coach and I was getting all these lovely messages from people saying you know you've really helped me get through this week with your content and things and I was like I don't even know what to say to these messages like it's just it's lovely but yeah I just don't even know how to reply and she said they follow you because you're you which sounds silly when you say it out loud but at the time I was like okay this is like feels like quite a big responsibility to take on and um yeah like it, it definitely felt uncomfortable to begin with, but then once you really embrace it, it, it can change your
0: business absolutely, absolutely. and I, I I think of I think of something I went to Tony Robbins was it last year now? I went to Tony Robbins and one of the most impactful statements of Tony Robbins for me was focus on the clients who are obsessed with you yeah that are above and beyond delighted with the work that are like, Mm. follow you wherever you go. Yeah, That was really interesting to me because I went, oh my goodness, you're right. There's a whole whack of people who, you know, they were happy with my work. I did the right work. It has nothing to do with that, but they weren't obsessed with me or obsessed with my work. It was just okay. And sometimes I felt like I was constantly chasing them When Mm. instead, I should have just opened my eyes and looked for the people that were obsessed with me because they were then like twice as delighted, right? So not only did they like me as a person, they liked the content as well. And that just enhanced their whole experience. What's your your take on that?
1: Yeah, I read a really good book called Superfans by Pat Flynn. I don't know if you've read it. It's such a good book. And I had pages and pages of notes. And I was actually saying to Nicole before the recording that I always listen to business books like two or three times because they always mean something different when you're at different stages um, of your career or your business. But it's kind of like how to get people to be obsessed with you. So if you're listening to this and thinking, well, I don't have anybody that's obsessed with me, I don't know how to do that. I would definitely recommend the book. It's really funny as well. And it's so lighthearted. And what he talks about is, as an example, one of the things he says is not just talking about your business, but talking about you as well and who you are as a person and kind of being a bit vulnerable with that and opening yourself up. And I know a lot of people struggle with that because they think, oh, I'm a really private person. I don't want to necessarily open myself up to an audience. But what I think with that is that there's a difference between being private and having a personality. They're they're not the same thing. People kind of think that they are. And rather than thinking, well, I'm going to give 100% of my who I am and my personal life, I just want you to pick 10% of your life and give them 100% of that. So for me, it's like the fact I've got curly hair The fact I've got a cat and a dog, I like wearing cute cardigans, I'm a bit of a grandma and live in the English countryside and so really I'm not giving anything away like I I don't talk about my boyfriend, I don't talk about my family, I don't say specifically where I live, like you know like you're allowed to give something away and be really generous with those subjects and so his he said he's really obsessed with Back to the Future And so when he talks about that, if his audience are then on the subway and they see an advert for Back to the Future, like live experience, they think of him rather than thinking of Back to the Future. They're like, oh, and this has happened with me as well. Like if there's some girls out who are looking at sort of grandma cardigans that are really cute and um, like eclectic, they'll take a picture of it and send it to me and say, oh, I thought I thought of you when I saw this cardigan and I'm like, yes, Like, first of all, one, please get that for me and I'll send you the money. And two, (laughs) that's amazing that you're, that you have linked those two things together. So even when you're out and about, you're not necessarily watching my content, but you're still thinking of me.
0: That is so, so, okay. I have now a follow-up question. I've gone totally off script, Elizabeth. You're going to have to, (laughs) it appears to be, that is my, that is my secret sauce is going on yeah. the script. Um, so do you recommend that as people are developing their brand or their sales proposition or whatever, that they start with that first? So I, I talk about kind of my experiences. You know, I started very corporate and then realized that I was the brand and now I've put the face forward. Um, yeah. h- what is that typical progression look like in your ideal state
1: yeah if you feel comfortable doing it from day one then please do because you'll save yourself so much money honestly I talk a lot about how to start a brand on a budget and I go on and on and on about putting your face to the brand because one it works from having seen it work in all these multi-billion dollar businesses but also it's free to do it um so where you're trying to put loads of money into ads or spending lots of time on SEO, actually, why don't you just focus on connecting with your audience on a really personal human level and then they'll tell their friends about it? Like if you if you struggle with all of that data driven marketing
0: audience growth
1: then there is this other option as well, I guess is what I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah. And I mean, if you look at some of the, I'm thinking, I don't know if you've, have you seen um, Um, passion.io usually comes up as Dan at passion.io and passion is the platform that I use to build my app on. So the whiteboard learning app is hosted on passion. So I mean, the best way I can describe it is it's like the Wix or the Squarespace of apps. Got it. Yeah. It gives you like a template and you literally pop your content into it and it goes through the channels and bada boom, bada bing, oh. you have an app. Super cool. Yeah. Um, which we can definitely talk about offline um, as well because I'm super, okay. uh, I'm going to sound super cheesy now. I'm super passionate about it. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, um, he, so Dan, the founder of passion in all of his ads, it is his face. And he is talking about how he has helped coaches and uh, professionals and, and fitness professionals and people in all kinds of areas kind of leverage uh, their business and grow and scale their business because of the app. But he is the talking head on the ads and they they hit and they work, right? He's uh, I think he's just recently announced like he's one of the top top 5,000 kind of upcoming companies wow. um, something like that and it's probably much cooler than I've made it sound but it, it made me think of them and I'm I'm trying to think of all those brands where you're connected to it because you love the person
1: yeah and it's it really just helps people tip over the line you're putting so much pressure onto your product if you're not the face of your business, which is absolutely fine. Like it's definitely a strategy that is out there that lots and lots of people do. Um but it just feels like a lot of pressure for your little products to hold on their shoulders and you think, well, why don't I take some of that pressure off your shoulders? and we'll, we'll share the load. So yeah, some people will come along and just love the product, but some people will come along and really love me. Um, and then some people will love both. And it just gives you more of an opportunity to get those sales in. I, I think.
0: What a brilliant statement. I almost want to, I want to, I want to say it again, louder for the people in the back, <laughs> take the load off of your product. Stop trying to make your product sell itself. Share that load. Yeah. By 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 putting your face out there and mm. and now you are getting people to not only be attracted to the product, but they are also attracted to you. Or maybe they're not attracted to your product, but they are attracted to you and maybe yeah. at some point your product will be right for them.
1: Yeah, or it grows on you. Like, so there's definitely people that I follow where I think I could go and buy that in my equivalent to Walmart. Um, But I really like you. So here you go. Like, I'm going to buy it from you instead. And it's not like a pity thing. It's like a really, I really want to, I really love you. And why not give you the money instead of giving this huge corporation the money instead. But if they weren't the face of the business, the product is good. And it's nice and it's, you know, it works. It's not like mind blowing product. So that's the the gap, I guess, that you can fill with your
0: personality. I mean, I'm thinking of Instagram influencers, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, there you are. Amazon has basically taken a nameless, lifeless t-shirt, right? Yeah. That they are selling on Amazon And what they have done by creating their online marketplace or their partnerships or whatever is given a face to the t-shirt. So I may not have ever bought that t-shirt or ever found that t-shirt on Amazon, Mm -hmm. but because an influencer whose face personality style family, whatever I fall in love with, I now say I have to have the same shirt as better with Chardonnay. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> yeah. like, I must have the same sweater that Daryl Ann Denner has, right? Like, Yeah, literally.
1: And um, I was going to say something else there as well. I think it's gone from my mind. Uh, yeah. If you don't want to be the face of your business, that is a really great example that you have shared is to have brand ambassadors that are the face of your business. So there is that other opportunity. If you're like flat out, no, (laughs) Um, you have not convinced me, then there is that option as well.
0: That's fascinating. So, okay. Still off script. Notice I've never returned to our regular (laughs) question. I'll get there. I'll come back around. So how would you suggest that a new entrepreneur or business owner If they are not already the face of their product or they're just starting out, what are these kind of first steps to becoming the face of your brand? What are the the baby steps people could kind of, if they're feeling a bit nervous about what we're talking about and everybody, if you're feeling uncomfortable, that's a good thing, right? That discomfort is where growth comes from. That discomfort is where change happens or discovery happens. I mean, it's okay to discover, oh my goodness, I don't want to be the face of my brand. I think that's really powerful. And now you've given people a solution that says, okay, you don't need to be the face of your brand, but make someone the face of your brand.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think definitely look at who you love following and why. So it might be that the people who come up at the front of your stories are brands where the leader is always talking to the camera, um, but you think your audience wouldn't like that. Is that just your limiting belief or is it true? Yes. So- my favorite
0: question to crush a limiting belief is what tells you so? Yes. So if I say, "Oh, people don't want to see me; they want to see my product." Where are you getting that da- data from? <laughs> yeah, your like my brain. Yeah, your
1: negative voice, quite possibly. Like nobody wants to see that. Mm, I would question that if I were you, because you end up, whether you like it or not, tend to, you tend to attract a like minded group of people when you're setting up or starting out or you know building a like-minded audience and the Simon Sinek thing says the aim is to sell to people who believe what you believe so if you believe that that's interesting where the person is speaking to the camera it's likely that your audience are also finding that interesting with other people but they're not necessarily getting that from you So there is that, like actually analyzing other people's content. I I don't mean this from like a going down a comparison hole, imposter syndrome type situation. We have an artist hat and we have a scientist hat. We're very much like having the scientist hat on when we're looking and analyzing other people's content. Like, what is it that I like about this? What is it not? So that's the first thing. And then the other thing is that you don't have to go all in and hold the camera away in your arm and start talking to the camera tomorrow you might start putting your hands in um and you might um do a tour of your office with a voiceover or just even putting a picture of yourself on your about page my absolute pet hate is if on your about page it is so clear that you have written it but it is written in the third person. So Elizabeth studied at X university, uh, blah, blah, blah. And I just think you've written that <laughs> and it feels disconnected.
0: I-, I just had an aha that I recently changed my about page on my new website. And I not by with any um, careful thought changed it from third person to first person. I music to my ears honestly <laughs> and I love I did not realize that in Britain they say pet hate we say pet peeve. <laughs> but pet yeah. hate is even better
1: <laughs> so <laughs> much <aggressive>. more clear <laughs> yeah it's just connecting on more of a human level maybe thinking about it that way like how can I speak to somebody as if I would speak to them in real life
0: that's I'm I'm digesting that. And I love I love the strategies that you've given people that are really low, low fear, right? Like, if if you're afraid to put your hands into your marketing, we've got bigger things to talk about. (laughs) We've got bigger problems. (laughs) You can get
1: manicure, you can put your jewelry on your bracelets, like you can still inject
0: personality through your hands. I love that hands or a tour of the office or just pictures. I would say I certainly am very comfortable now. I've gotten a couple of, I think I've gotten three or four branded photo shoots uh, so far in my career. And I find that a huge help. Once you have a branded photo shoot where you feel good about yourself, you've had your makeup and hair done, you feel, and when I get these photos back, I always feel like a million bucks. I'm like, I don't actually look like that. That's amazing. (laughs) And then I feel really confident to use those photos. So if you haven't had a true brand photo shoot yet, go get one. They're actually not that terribly expensive. A Mm -hmm. lot of places I know at least here are doing, um, you can go to a studio and a photographer will come and like book the studio for a day and do like 10 entrepreneurs over a period of time. And it can be quite inexpensive. So Think about getting um, a branded photo shoot, because that could be an easy first step. When you feel confident about your photos, you'll be more likely to share them.
1: Yeah, you'll probably be desperate to show them off if anything. (laughs) Like, look how good I look.
0: Yeah, it's like, you know, wedding photos. I always laugh when people have their like wedding photo as their profile photo. And I'm like, oh, I get it. Because that's when you like, it was all put together. You felt your best, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I love that. And and even at the barest minimum, your your first entry point to switching from just a brand focus to a person behind the brand could even be changing your about page um, from the third person to the first person. So if yeah. that's the smallest step you can take today in starting to make your, yourself the face of the brand, I think I love that one. Yeah.
1: Just be a little bit more normal.
0: <laughs> be a bit more normal. <laughs> Nobody likes those corporate. I mean, some people like those corporate pages. And sometimes I think to myself, based on my personality, like, of course, my listeners will know me. I am not super corporatey. So I sometimes start to think at myself and go, if my, if the client who's trying to hire me doesn't like this page, because it's not corporatey enough, they're probably not my perfect client. Yeah. Right. If my client doesn't get my sense of humor. Yeah. And finds it unprofessional. They're probably not my perfect client. Right. My favorite clients, my super fan clients are the ones who get me and see me fully. Mm,
1: Yeah. And just really embrace your personality as well. I think if somebody is coming to you and loves, and maybe they are and, and not anti-corporate but maybe don't feel like they quite fit in but still really love their job but then they find you they're like oh this is the person I've been waiting for and you can only really get that sort of gasp feeling the emotion the hand slap on the table feeling when you're speaking to a very specific person about a very specific problem so it's, it's It's a good
0: thing that you are the way you are. That's another huge aha during this call is like, imagine what if you get someone who you, you are completely perfect for. And if you hadn't shown yourself, your product couldn't say that on its own. Your service couldn't say that on its own. It just, it just couldn't it can't speak. <laughs> <laughs> your product can't speak. Lesson number two, number one, change, your change your about page to first person. And number two, your product cannot speak. Your course cannot speak. Your coaching session cannot speak. Yeah. Only you can. Mm that's the third, nobody can see me unless we post some of this to YouTube, but like I've done at least three mind blow emoji, uh, (laughs) visions with my hands where I've just been like, wow, that is, um, that is huge. (laughs) And so I'm going to kind of, so some people of course are a little bit more introverted. Not me. Don't know if you can tell. Me Not me. Um, but I know that there are people with that preference for introversion. It means they're less expressive. They don't get joy from expressing themselves. They don't get energy from expressing themselves internally. A lot of it is internal. And so that is where, you know, people, you know, that don't want to show my face. I don't want to talk. I hate the sound of my voice. You know, as we what are some tips that you have to help people to become a little bit more confident when they're speaking, especially about their brand and their, their, their product that can't talk.
1: Yeah. I think the best bit of advice I was ever given was to assume the best because that negative voice in your head will speak the loudest and speak first always because it's trying to keep you alive. So look both ways when you're crossing the road in case you die um it's not like oh look there's a lovely bird up in that tree whilst you're crossing the road that that same voice that is always constantly there trying to keep you alive your survival voice it's the same voice that appears when you are trying to sell your product or do whatever so it says don't get on camera somebody might laugh at you and then it's that's actually your subconscious voice speaking. And your subconscious is actually 95% of your brain. So if you think of a tug of war, there is 95 people on one side and five people on the other, your subconscious will always obviously win. But the good thing is, That your conscious brain is conscious, so you can actively override that ninety five percent. Even though it's only five percent, if you use it in the in a way like that's conscious, you can speak louder than it if you want to. Um, So, yeah, kind of assuming the best, actively assuming the best. It's all why positive thinking is so important because. If we don't actively do it, we'll automatically go on a negative autopilot in order to stay alive. Yeah. Um,
0: Is that the, is that the, the part of, I think I I teach some of this in conflict. So when we get into conflict or we perceive a threat, it's our amygdala that's activated that reptile brain. And it's that reptile brain that sends like actual hormones. So that's when we start to get, um, heart rate sweats. I get flushed and super red. I get super sweaty, Um, all of those things. And you want a fascinating statistic I heard is when your amygdala is activated. So again, if you're getting that fear of threat, when you want to go on camera, what is people going to say? What are they going to think? They're not going to like me in that moment. When your amygdala is activated, you lose the equivalent of 20 IQ points. (gasps) Right? No. Who has 20 points to lose? I don't. Not me neither. Not a Mensa candidate. I don't have spare <laughs> IQ points just sitting around. Um that's crazy. Right? And if you just activate the logical part of your brain, the prefrontal cortex again, um just the sheer thought that if you can identify, Oh my goodness, this is my reptile brain perceiving a threat. Oh my gosh, this is what's happening. That act in itself is, can switch you back to your prefrontal cortex, which is the, the rational thinking part of your brain, the one person on the tug of war.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it is possible. I think some people kind of go through life thinking I'm such a negative person everyone's a negative person it's just the positive people in inverted commas are the ones that have realized they can override it if they want to and you don't need to believe that anymore i guess it's like a bit of a permission slip to think you are allowed to think something different and also kind of going back to that introverted thing you you can you're allowed to be yourself because if you are quiet um there is a girl who I work with called Michelle at MW makes. Um she's on Instagram and she makes leather goods and she will just video her process. Sometimes she'll talk to the camera but she doesn't do it loads. But when she does talk to the camera, she is very quiet, she's very reserved, she takes her time in what it is that she wants to say. And I love that. Like you can see the authenticity. She's not trying to be anyone else. Like just because you might see lots of other people on camera, like singing and dancing and lip syncing and miming, that's not the only way to show up online. So maybe seek out other people who are more like you for inspiration on how you can do it.
0: Yeah. And that also makes me think of, you know, that is something that helps people build trust and rapport is sameness. So yes. for me, I'm an extrovert. I'm very outward facing. I'm very expressive. So when I meet someone like you, Elizabeth has a very similar vibe, has a very similar energy. That's yeah. exciting to me. Sameness for me builds trust. So yes, there are some people who, for, for, for whom this is going to build trust equally. Yeah. So if I meet someone who's a little bit more reserved, a little bit more quiet, if I want to build trust with them. I typically, I don't act inauthentically. However, I might slow down my pace. I might slow down my hand expressions or my facial expressions and just kind of chill a bit and try and match their energy to help build trust. So don't be afraid of who you actually are. There are people like you who will find trust and rapport with you because of that.
1: Mm, Yeah, and even though we've been talking about like, being on camera or showing up online. It, I mean, first of all, there is so much video content that needs to be put into businesses. So even if you're, I don't know, if you're listening to this and you're like the young person in the office. So somebody has said, you get, you you make, you create the video that needs to go on the website or well, I don't know, the, it. I hope that you can still like translate the message across.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think this is a perfect segue this idea of authenticity and being yourself my first question is why do people feel sleazy about selling
1: it's um because when we've been growing up if you're also a millennial i guess um
0: elder millennial i'm an elder millennial
1: (laughs) You you will have grown up watching Matilda with the dad, who's a sleazy car salesman, Leonardo DiCaprio as Wolf of Wall Street, that horrible lady in the shop in Pretty Woman. We've got so many like negative things and like visuals of horrible salespeople. And so when we hear it, it's, it's like it's a blueprint in us to think sales equals bad or like promoting yourself equals bad and selling yourself in interviews sounds bad all of it, it all comes under sales but you actually just don't remember the good sales experiences because you didn't realize they were sales experiences and there are good experiences to be had so for example you might have bought something online from a small retailer on etsy and it arrived and you were so excited for it to arrive and the um it came packaged beautifully and it had your name on it and even though uh, she said it was going to take five days it arrived within three um all of this is part of like a lovely sales experience, but because you're enjoying yourself throughout it, you don't realize it's a sales experience. Does that make sense? Yes.
0: Yes. A hundred percent. So I would encourage people to think about sales experiences, all of them, not just yeah. the bad ones. Think of the good ones. And again, in the same way you said, who do you love following? What brands are you attracted to and Why? Yeah. The same thing. What, how did people sell to you and, and how did it work? Mm. I mean, cause there's, I can think of lots of places where I did not feel like it was sleazy and you know, it's because it truly was genuine. There's something that our, um, because Elizabeth and I are in a course with, uh, Alex Beaton, um, she said something that really resonated with me. I'm here to help you figure out whether this is a yes or a no for you.
1: Yes, exactly. You're only presenting an offer to somebody. You're not pushing them into a corner and forcing them to make a decision. Yes or no. It's, I think people feel like that when they're literally just offering out some information about their product, <laughs> about themselves. You're not, you're not giving off that feeling. And even if it's a thought in your head, then it's very unlikely to come across that way because you're aware of it. And so people won't ever receive it in the way that you're thinking because you're so actively aware of not making it feel like that. You're just presenting an offer to somebody to make a choice. Whereas if you don't present it at all, you're kind of taking the choice away from them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So what are some easy kind of first steps um, for people who feel sleazy? What, what are some kind of top tips to help them move into sales uh, and not feel... Slimy it's, about it. it gross. We don't want anyone gross. feeling
1: gross. <laughs> what <laughs> the words and the noises. Uh, definitely what you said is write down your past five purchases that you have made. You know, supermarkets don't really count unless you had a really great customer service within there. But things that you really were excited to buy, Um, how did you feel? What happened? What can you take from that? then also maybe write down some really horrible experiences and why you hated them and then think, well, I would, I'm gonna implement all of these things and I'm never gonna implement all of these things. And you end up sort of creating a bit of a framework or a bubble around yourself to, to know where you stand and what your what boundaries you feel comfortable with when it does come to selling. And know that you're only offering a choice and it's just an exchange of value. So here's my product. It costs this amount of money. And it, it kind of comes down to self worth as well, I think. So if somebody has sewn a dress that they're putting online and they put it up for a hundred pounds. And somebody gives them a hundred pounds, and then they think, "Oh my goodness, I cannot believe I've got this hundred pounds, and all they've got in return is my stinking ugly dress." And it's it's not that the it it's a fair exchange. That person has chosen to spend that money, and they think that the, that is of good value, and therefore you're just making a swap. That they're, they're they're getting something in return. It's not imbalanced. I think. Going back to the Matilda example, he was trying to sell something that wasn't of value at a higher price. And so it wasn't balanced. And that's where that sort of sleaze horribleness comes in. But if you're like, no, that is a fair exchange, then where's the sleaze in that?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a very cool perspective. That helps pull people out of that irrational thought and into a place of reasonable thought, right? Like yeah. that, that, that thinking thought. Um, my last question is who should be coming to you? What are their problems and where can they, what can they do to solve those problems?
1: I am mainly helping people with selling, as you can probably tell online, helping them show up, helping them get on camera, helping them be confident, being the face of their brand, literally all of the things that we have been speaking about. Um, I'm Usually you'll find me on Instagram. I spend an unhealthy amount of time over there. Um, So I'm at Elizabeth Styles UK and it's Styles with an I, not a Y because I am not related to Harry Styles, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yeah, I think if you're struggling with selling yourself, selling your products, showing up online, come and take a look. And I'll be
0: happy to help you. That's wonderful. So go find Elizabeth on Instagram. uh, Check her out. She also has a podcast, which is on hiatus for right now. But tell us a little bit about the podcast. So maybe people can listen to some past episodes while they wait for you to relaunch.
1: (laughs) Wait for the comeback. Um, So it's called the Fashion Brand Clinic. But don't let it put you off if you are not in the fashion industry. Because I have endless amount of messages from lovely people saying i make candles or i am a manager in ex uh, department store or wherever you know um and i i've always taken something from it so there's just like success stories from people who have started their own brands there is people talking about seo there's people talking about selling there's people talking about um gosh ads, you know, Google ads, Facebook ads, all of it, all of the above. So go and check that out. I think there's like 130 episodes or something. So
0: there's lots to keep you entertained, lots to binge on. And Uh, I mean, if you can, if we can tell the number of gems that have been dropped just in this short 40 minutes or so with Elizabeth, just imagine what you could glean from 130 episodes. (laughs) Thank you. That's so kind. (laughs) Well, I have absolutely uh, loved our time together. I think, uh, you know, while we typically kind of focus on leadership, I think there is uh, something to be said for that, this kind of analog that, you know, even if you're not starting your own brand, not selling your own thing, there is something about you that makes you special and appealing. Uh, Lean into that. Lean Mm -hmm. into the people that are obsessed with you. Lean into those things Uh, Because even if you're not building a brand for a product you're selling or a service you're selling, uh, you yourself are a brand as an individual, as a professional, as a leader. um, And you can lean into that um, to help find your special space. What is the space that you shine in as a leader so you can continue to kind of grow and uh, excel at whatever you do? So I think there's. Yeah,
1: 100 percent. Like selling and influencing, they're they're all kind of one and the same. Uh, so yeah, there's definitely some transferable nuggets in there for you.
0: I see a follow up. I see a follow up podcast on that kind of using scale sales skills to influence others. My brain is my extrovert brain is tingling and 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 moving in all those directions. So we'll definitely yeah. have to have you back, Elizabeth. Thank you uh, so much for joining us today.
1: Pleasure. And maybe part two could be online where you could be and you can talk all
0: about it. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Until next time. Thanks everyone for joining us. See you next time. Hey, I would love you to do me a huge favor right now by supporting this podcast but you're saying, I'm already listening, isn't that supporting? I'm so thrilled that you do. If you could do me one quick favor by rating and reviewing this podcast, that will ensure that At The Whiteboard gets into the ear of every leader. In order to do it, locate the At The Whiteboard podcast and make sure you're on the landing page for the podcast listing and not just an individual episode. Scroll down to the bottom until you reach ratings and reviews. Now, before you quickly go click the five stars, which is wonderful, even better is to go leave a review. We love your feedback and thoughts, and we love to continue providing you the value that you're looking for, tips, and practical things that you can do to make yourself a limitless leader. Yours limitlessly. Until next time.